Aaron was sitting. Aaron was sitting there waiting for me to text him saying that we were ready because I said I was having <laughs> computer issues, and then I logged in and you guys were just already here, and I didn't tell Aaron that we were here. So, uh, so this is your fault. <laughs> it's all good, man. This, it's all good. This all may good. or may not fall into my lap. Yeah, well, multiple times you fucked up. One hundred. <laughs> Speaking of intros, let's fucking do one. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. We're getting, I'm getting <clears throat> older here. I'm almost the same age as Elliot now. No, you're not. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Three, two, one. Welcome, everybody, once again to Geezers and the Kid. We're back. Blake's here. Aaron's here. I'm I'm here. Hey, what's up? This sounds odd because you sound people excited, don't know that man. I wasn't here last week. So, oh yeah, right. Because <laughs> you haven't. Because <laughs> I haven't actually put out last week's episode yet. That'll yeah, do it. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting to hear it because, as always, whenever I'm not around to do an intro that you don't know how to do, apparently, it's happened so, once. I know, and it was fun for me to hear how poor it was. So yeah, but this time you, I was intentionally. Anyways, you'll listen. Okay. How's it going, Aaron? Going hey, well. Great. Oh, Aaron. Sorry. Ah. Um, you haven't introduced me yet. See, yeah. you're bad at intros, too. <laughs> Who watches me? Yes. Okay. Because I was terrible at intros now. I was trying to bleed some light into this podcast, but I'll let you guys continue <laughs> with your intro. No, no, no. You can you can hang around. Uh, <laughs> we, are, we are joined once again by Mr. Eric Johnston, comedian extraordinaire cool guy extraordinaire and Slow down. uh taking time taking we're time friends now we don't have to we don't have to poke <laughs> them too much you guys see how i talk to you on facebook yes yeah, you, you but ask aaron how he was doing you cut off how aaron was doing to introduce me i i cut him off ask aaron how he's doing oh, aaron how are you doing i'm doing well thanks good okay, okay so back cool to your... nice sweet uh <laughs> i'm glad i'm glad we went back to that uh biography film from aaron uh no yeah i am friends with you guys now and it's it's nice it's nice to chirp you guys on facebook call you a bunch of We're losers keep recording and... but i lost sound here oh great oh good well we can hear you but that's fine i'm whatever it doesn't matter uh yeah you you uh you made made fun of my one time that i had some sort of community fame uh, with, with, my, with my Halloween decorations all in my yard and everything like that and we got in our local community newspaper it wasn't even the Winnipeg Free Press or Winnipeg Sun uh, it, was it was lesser the than that edition, the neighborhood edition neighborhood uh, yards and mine made the cut which was kind of fun so uh, I posted all about it got all excited and, uh, and, and Eric uh, brought me back to earth so this probably <laughs> hey here's the thing and i'll say this to all of you because i do it <laughs> all equally if i call you a loser or a moron or or want to go through our text conversation right yeah now, whatever whatever i call you text that's that's a very eric johnson but also a very hamilton way to say hey i like you and i enjoy speaking <laughs> to you if I was like, you guys yeah, are a dick. bunch of great dudes and I love talking to you, <laughs> like, ooh, that guy doesn't like me. Uh, but yeah, no, it's that's that's a, that's like a sign of uh, of camaraderie in my neighborhood. Like, you know, you know, so that means I like both of you or all three of you losers. 
Okay. I missed everything you guys just said because my uh, headphones disconnected. So I hope Elliot and Aaron, you're doing well because I don't fucking know. Great. You're doing great. Yeah. I, this, this part, you use a thing. I did like the first episode of this podcast or one of the first five Maybe episodes. The second episode. Second yeah. episode. And generally, podcasts get better uh, as people <laughs> go on. And Production sure shit is, isn't. That is not the case here. I'm uh, learning to. Elliot's mic is better. That's the only difference. You remember he had that stupid <laughs> shitty globe that he was talking into to sound like he was from the land before time. He still I got it. The, I had the the. It was the full big oh, headset. Yeah, no, you had yeah. the headset. Someone I was on another podcast and they just had like the speaker that's like a globe and it's the like blue. Testing. It was. Uh, <laughs> those are actually good head. Those are actually good speakers though. Uh, good what do you have one on there? Uh, <laughs> mine's blue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. We've, when was the last time we saw you? It's been a couple months now. You were in the process of, uh, of building a condo, right? Are you into your place yet? Oh yeah. So exclusive. Well, I mean, a lot of people know about this. I actually, as soon as we talked about that, I ended up pulling out of that condo. Oh, did you really? And, uh, I'll tell you why. So the, this notorious builder, uh, in Hamilton, his name is Harry Stinson and he created something called the Stinson school lofts. He's a Toronto executive builder. Uh, like this guy is like a world renowned known architect and, uh, and like kind of building planner. And I kind of went in and had the wool kind of came over my eyes or rather whatever that's called pulled over my eyes. And I was like, this is great. It's going to be a beautiful building. It's, a, it's, it's cheap. Like for Hamilton, it was a two bedroom, 17th uh, story, 17th floor, two bedroom plus a den corner unit for $540,000. The a comparable unit that's already built in Hamilton would be, it'd be close to a million for something like that. Yeah. I was going to say that that $500,000 would buy you a 2000 square, a brand new 2000 square foot house in Winnipeg. Yeah, no, this is Hamilton. <laughs> we're talking about like yeah. a single home, like a single story, one bedroom, one bathroom starter home in Hamilton's like starts at seven fifty. <laughs> like yeah. it is fucked here. That's uh, dude, it's if Winnipeg wasn't so shit, I'd move there. Uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, Let's talk about the football I, teams. I, I, the football team in the weather. Um, so, anyways, oh. uh, <laughs> but yeah. So, anyways, I, I I signed the contract for this this condo, and everything's great. And we send the contract to our family lawyer, and uh, he called back my, to my mom and was like, and I quote, "Run." Said, Get the fuck out of this thing. Seriously. Get out now. He found like a crate, like $450,000 in hidden fees. Uh, like it also, the building was considered a resto build, not a new build because it was built on an old factory downtown. And because they're building on top of a pre-existing structure, it's considered a resto build, not a new build. So it always means it was not insured right. by the province of Ontario. So I could pump in uh, of my down payment. I could pump all my down payment in. If the thing goes to shit, I don't get any of my You're money back. There's no insurance. Yeah. Um, also, the official city, uh, the planning of the building, like the final city plans, were not approved by the city of Hamilton. And they were still selling units. It was on, And they had up to five years to approve for it to go wow. through and it was a five-year build 
So it wouldn't even, it would be 10 years before I even move into this fucking thing for an additional $450,000. There was just a lot wrong with it. And then I pulled out and then I started dating a girl who had a house. So I have no worries. Uh, Things are fine. (laughs) Is she, is your girlfriend, is she a realtor? She is. She's a real estate agent. Yeah. Yeah. So she would have started picking up red flags on some of that stuff. Oh yeah, I, I I just I had just pulled out of it like, and we went on our first date, and we were talking about my me pulling out of this condo, and uh, she's like, oh yeah, Stinson's a Stinson's a slippery fuck, like he like that's he, just he, a that's, thing, yeah. yeah, that's exactly what he does. So, anyways, cool. but she's uh she's done very well. She owns a couple of houses, uh, and uh, you know I'm doing very well myself. So maybe I'll buy in on one of these houses. I don't know. We'll see. The, the there's some fucked up shit with some of these new developments. Like, I mean, in the city here, uh, like down the street from my parents. So my parents live in like a new development. Their house, their house is like ten years old now, but they built it brand new. And they're building these like it's not condos, they're like townhouses almost. Elliot, they're kind of like if you can picture like down the street from South Point School. There's like a row of them, and then the pond in South Point is behind it. So, anyways, yeah. point being, you have to sign. You will live in that in that complex for like five years or something like that minimum. You cannot sell like it. It is a breach of your contract when you buy the place that you can't. So if you if you move in and you lose your job, you can't sell it. You're fucked. Like you have to you have to have a and and you I mean you can rent it out and shit like that. But that's easier said than done. Anyways, point being is like builders can put all this weird shit into things and half the time people probably don't even notice like if i was buying that place i don't have a family i mean you know you have a real estate lawyer but you'd hope they're good at their job to run through the whole thing well it was like a 17 page contract and it was on like page 15 and a half where they just happened to slide in this so what they did to to um to make you pay all this extra money is there was a clause that okay so in every any time you buy a condo building anywhere in the world doesn't matter hamilton winnipeg and or wherever there's a difference between um uh what's it called like a a, a finish date and an or, or an occupancy Fashion. date and a closing date yeah, yeah so you can occupy a building once it's done there's still like there's still some painting that needs to be done in the hallways and whatever but you can occupy uh, and then the closing date is when you actually officially own it and you get the title transferred to your name and then it's yours and you could buy it, you sell it, you can rent it out, whatever you can do. Now, generally in most condos, that difference between closing occupancy and closing is a couple months, maybe one to two, like the more, well, most I've ever heard of is 90 days, which is th- obviously three months. He worked into the contract that there, there, that difference between those two were uh, 24 months and and you had to pay a five thousand dollar lease to the builder for 24 months that didn't go on to the purchase of your unit it went to the builder to finish the building that's so 20 what's that five thousand by by uh by 24 months right there is already a massive fucking hit so and there was like all these like hook up things and uh, it was just like my my lawyer literally calculated like an extra four hundred and eighty thousand dollars in fees that's fucked and uh the unit was 540 so 540 plus 480 so anyways we ended up pulling out and i wish anyone who bought um that unit in that building has a look at their lawyer uh (laughs) and whatever hopefully they didn't get too fucked but anyways dude it's fine i i i was at that point in my life i was you know i i was 30 at the time and i was like that's enough you know i gotta move out I have the money to put a down payment down. 
you know, by the, hopefully by the time it's done in five years, when it was originally supposed yeah. to be done in five years, um, I'll have enough money. This is all laughable. It's just an investment. I can rent it out, whatever, blah, 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 blah. And then it all went to shit. And then shortly after I started dating Jana and I split my time between this house and Jana's house and the road. So it's like, I don't really necessarily need a, a place right now. Um, and it's great. And I help out obviously with everything at Jana's house and, and, and obviously help out around here. So it's like, I'm, I'm paying rent in multiple You're a places. Double homeowner. But, yeah, with my time and and some money, but yeah, but anyways, fuck it, it's all it's all, it doesn't matter. This is where I sleep at. I don't care. This is the <laughs> that's Stony our Creek, uh, Stony Creek dream, baby. I feel like that's our seamless segue into what the fuck you've been up to lately. You said you've yeah. been on the road, so yeah, are you guys well, like you're. We've got land borders and stuff open now, so are you just free for all, ready to go? Yeah, so I mean, I've been working on the road quite a bit. I'll tell you a bunch of stories of just hilarious shit going yes. on in my life um i like this this thursday i go to i go to montreal for the weekend then i'm to ottawa for uh nine days in ottawa doing shows um and then i come back i was just in sarnia i go back to sarnia um i've been like i did seven shows in toronto i did uh well so okay i just have to go back from where we started where we last talked so after we talked last i believe we went into another lockdown yeah. So I was I was very high hopes, like things are opening, things are good. This is blah 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 blah, and then again it was all taken away. I'm in still in this comedy club situation that I built in this basement, uh, with the backdrop and the zoom and the whatever, the condenser mic, the 4K cam, whatever. I built that, and I'm still doing some some Zoom comedy shows. Like I booked one today for a Christmas party, um, but then when we opened up again in the summer. It was like back to the races, back doing the Eric Johnston Campfire Comedy Tour, which is where I was bringing a comedy show. That, to did, that did okay, just, didn't it? Dude, it did great. It, I did yeah. like probably I, this summer, I probably did like 15, 20 of them, people's backyards. Yeah. Um, nice. And then I transitioned into something called the Eric Johnston Brewery Tour, um, where I did whatever. My tours are just called my name plus what I'm doing. <laughs> so Eric Johnston Campfire Comedy Tour, the Eric Johnston Brewery Tour. Uh, it just keeps it easy. Fuck. It's less work for me coming up with a name. But, um, so what I did was all the micro breweries and wineries and cideries in Ontario, they could only, um, serve on a patio. So they all pumped a fuck ton of money into their patios to make them like outdoor event spaces. And I knew this, I saw them, I went, I drove by them or I went to one. I'm like, Oh my God, they built a stage at that brewery. So on one like hungover Sunday, it was a Monday because my girlfriend and I went to the Arkells concert the night before on the Sunday. And uh, on the Monday I was like laying there feeling like a piece of shit. I'm like, I'm going to reach out to every brewery in Ontario and just see what happens. Just literally spray and pray and go, Hey, Merrick Johnson, I'm a comedian. I know you have an event space. Every sorry, let me rephrase. I reached out to every brewery that I knew that had created an event space, which was like 35 of them. And um, and I'd say, Merrick Johnson, I'm bringing this tour around to Ontario called the Eric Johnson Brewery Tour. I already made a graphic. I had nothing booked. There was nothing on my books, and I still made a graphic that said the Eric Johnson Brewery Tour. Right. Made it look super official with dates and availabilities and stuff. It was all wide open. Um, and I sent it off to all these breweries and being like, hey. This is what I have available. I'm going to be in your area. Like, again, it's a sales tactic. Hey, I'm going to be yeah. up touring in your area on this weekend. I would love to book something with you at the Lake of Bays Brewery or the whatever brewery, blah, 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 blah. You just kind of sell them the show and convince them this is what something that they need to do. And they're like, okay, People want cool. to see this. Yeah, and I did like another like 10, 15 of those all over Ontario. And then the clubs opened up to full capacity because they're considered a theater space. And I don't know, they have some right. sort of, 
um, because it's a theater space. It can be full capacity if you're vaccinated. If so you're vaccinated. Yeah. yeah. So then all the clubs opened up and all the small theaters opened up and I just went back on the road, started to one again, whatever. And the story I'll tell you is a hilarious one about how I did, took some bookings in the States. Yeah. And so this is something to do with the border. I remember sort of following this on social media a little bit. Dude, I'll tell like, you, I'll tell you boys yeah, the, whole, the whole thing. story. It's Honestly, it may be one of the best stories I have, and I have a lot of them because I've been on the road for a long. We time. heard, we heard Vince Vaughn and uh, was it Bill? Burr That's right, Russell time? Peters and Bill Burr, and yeah. yeah, that was a good one. This is up there. Not no celebrities in this one, uh, but this is a, a hilarious. Local so, Hamilton celebrity, exactly. Well, no, this was border security agent stories, celebrities. So, okay, listen, here we go from the start. So, I have a U.S. work permit. And it's called a P1 Circus Act and Entertainment Visa. I mean, I've had it for years. I've had it for uh, just over three years. Through the pandemic, I haven't used it at all because there's no point. You can't go to the States. Even And then there was just like the PCR testing. You couldn't cross, blah, blah, blah. I just didn't want to deal with it. Plus the States were fucked too with clubs and shit. They didn't, they didn't have openings or availability. So I'm like, what the fuck is the point? Why would I even go there and have to pay for all this testing and get all this shit done and blah, 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 blah for if it's not worth it. Then there's a woman by the name of Melissa Hager, and she's a promoter in Frankenmuth, Michigan. And I implore your um, your listeners to uh, yeah to look up the town of Frankenmuth. Frankenmuth is a town where it's Christmas all year round. Uh, they have the world's largest Christmas village that runs year round. The entire city is based upon Christmas. So let's just say it's an interesting group of people. Uh, and she <laughs> messaged me, and she goes, Eric can you cross the border? And I said, technically I can, I go, what's up? And she goes, okay, I'm booking something called the live 65 comedy and music festival in Hale, Michigan. Now Hale, Michigan is a town of 2,100 people in Northern Michigan. It's up in like the thumb of Michigan. And uh, it, it is like, it's a five hour drive from where I am. It's technically straight across. So Hamilton and Hale are pretty much parallel on the map, but you have to go along around the Great Lakes. You have to go down and up through Port Huron, Sarnia, up back into the thumb of Michigan and then cross to, uh, it's basically below Sault Ste. Marie, but on the Michigan side. Anyways, it doesn't matter. It's a fucking bumfuck town like it is literally picture like i don't even know picture brandon i'm just trying to make it local for you guys smaller than brandon picture no picture picture whatever whatever bumfuck town but just add much more racism and the ability to handle handguns and that's what hail michigan was borders the prairie exactly so there you go so (laughs) border prairie there you go so i uh I, i she goes i have this booking it's a festival it's an outdoor festival uh, you do three sets, you do three 20 minute sets. So you, you do your hour, but it's just broken up into three 20 minute sets. Uh, there's a two 30, a four 30, a four, five 30 and seven 30. And I go, okay, what's the pay? She's like a thousand bucks American plus gas plus a hotel. And I was like, fuck, I got to take that. That's All a pretty right. nice booking five hour drive, whatever. I haven't really worked that much. I mean, I was working a lot at that time, but I just happened to be off that weekend that she tried to book me. So I go, okay, fuck it. Let's do it. So I, I, the week before, this is the best. So the week before I do the show, I have a show at a place called the Imperial City Brew House in Sarnia. It's a, it's a microbrewery as part of the brewery tour. Uh, and it's owned by four guys who work at the border, at the Port Huron Blue Water Bridge that gets you from Sarnia to Michigan. 
I'm like, perfect. I'm shooting the shit with these guys. And I'm like, listen, I have a show in Hale, Michigan. And they're like, why the fuck are you going to Hale, Michigan? I'm like, I don't know, dude, the Live 65 Music and Comedy Festival. And they're like, okay. And I'm like, so what do I need? They're like, do you have a work permit? I'm like, I have a work permit. Like, so going into the States, they don't give a fuck. You don't need a test. You don't need anything. You have a work permit. You're a cross-border worker. They'll let you right in. Coming back, you need a negative PCR test. It has to be a PCR test. It cannot be an antigen test. It cannot be the N double super Z test, whatever the fuck all the tests are. It has to be a PCR lab test where they, it's a lab technician test. So are these hard to get these PCR tests? Let me tell you, let me, let me, let me me fill you more of these details. And then I'll tell you how hard these tests are to get. I go, okay. So what are my options? He goes, okay, you can get it in Canada. And it's like 150 bucks Canadian. Uh, or no, it's, yeah, no, it's, no, it's 250 bucks Canadian. Um, you get the results immediately. And the rule with the border, and it's so fucking stupid, is as long as the PCR test comes into the border on the Canada side within 72 hours. So I could get the test in Canada, drive to Michigan, do the show, sleep there the night, drive back to the border, and my PCR test from Canada is still valid to let me back into the country. It's so fucking stupid. And he goes, okay, so you either do it in Canada, or if you go to the States and get it done there, go to a Walgreens or a Rite Aid or anywhere they have them there all over the United States. They have pop-up clinics and the drive-by clinics and stuff. You get them there. I go, okay. He goes, but they're 200 bucks American in the States. And I'm like, okay, well, whatever, fucking, I'm making a G note and uh, they're, they're putting me up in the hotel and they're paying for my gas. So whatever, fuck it, who cares? So I go, okay, I get the, the, the week leading up to the show on the Friday. I have to leave on the Saturday morning to make it to the show on the Saturday afternoon. And I get up and uh, on the Friday and I go to get a PCR test at the shopper's drug bar here in Hamilton. And I go, hey, I need a PCR test. They're like, are you on the list? I'm like, I didn't know I had to be on the list. They're like, oh yeah, we're like a two week waiting list to get a PCR test. Oh. And I was like, oh shit. I'm like, well, what do I do? They're like, you can go to the hospital and get one. But if you go to the hospital, you're going to need a mandatory quarantine after and you can't leave the country. And I'm like, so I guess I'm getting it in the States then. Right. So I sure enough, the next morning I wake up, I drive to the border. Now this fucking guy, so they had to process my work permit. So they, they hauled me into secondary and then I had to go into the offices. They went through all my shit, whatever. Cause I hadn't crossed the border since the start of the pandemic. So I haven't been over in two years. So they were like, really like, who the fuck is this guy? Ask me, hammer me all the questions. Where are you going? What are you doing? What's this? What's that? Blah, 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 blah. And these guys are like, took a pre-workout just before the like, Yeah, yeah. Just like no necks just no necks and no <laughs> sense of humor and they're like the one time i the one may i one i made the one guy laugh because he's like where are you going i'm like hail michigan he's like why are you going to hail and i was like and i was like i'm doing i'm like i'm doing a comedy festival there he's like nothing happens in hail and i was like buddy i guess i'm happening in hail because i'm doing the show there tonight <laughs> and then they all kind of snickered and laughed but then they went right back to fucking stamp stamp sign here pay this whatever then i get into the states and i'll tell you they do not give a fuck about covid in the united states i did not see a single mask i didn't see a single hand washing station i the only thing i noticed is that the truck stops the bathrooms were cleaner that's the only thing i noticed that you would think that there's a pandemic going on in the united states and i pull over and it's like the fuck i'm in northern michigan so it's like trump got robbed fucking flags yeah. and support our troops and Mar- like guns our fucking flags with two guns crossed it says like america home of the free all this shit i'm like oh my god i'm in it so the speed limit in michigan is 75 miles an hour 
That's like 140 kilometers an hour. People are flying. Like I was doing a buck 50 pretty much the whole drive and people were flying past me. And I was like, oh my God. Like these Americans are fucked. It's just guns and speed and liquor and no masks. <laughs> like I am in the land of the fucking free here. So I I go from one highway to another and it's the uh it goes from 75 to 55. And I didn't fucking know this. So I get off the highway and I'm going to another highway. Sure enough, I'm like, is that a cop? And I'm like, oh shit. I'm like, is it lights on? And I'm like, is he pulling me over? Sure enough, he fucking pulls me over. I roll down my window and he's like, you know what the speed limit here is in the state of Michigan? Because he can see my Ontario plates. And I go, 75. He goes, actually, it's 55. And I was like, what'd you get me at? He's like, you're doing 71. And I was like, okay. And I go, I go, I go, I will apologize. I go, I'm doing, I'm going to Hale, Michigan. And he's like, why are you going to Hale? Like everyone, <laughs> literally everyone has asked me, why the fuck are you going to Hale? And I go, I'm going to this comedy festival. I need to make it there for one o'clock because the first show's at 1.30. I got to check in with the promoter. I go, I did not realize I was speeding. I apologize. And he goes, okay. And he looks at me for a second. He's like, license, registration, whatever takes my shit. And I could see him go back to the car. And you know, when you're looking in the rearview mirror and you, after you get pulled over and you're like, I wonder what the fuck he's going to do. And he sat there and he typed some shit in. And, uh, and it was like, it felt like five hours, but it was like two minutes. And he just eventually just looked up fucking reached up and grabbed his pen out of his uh visor and i was like motherfucker he's writing he's me a ticket doing it so he's going nothing and uh i'm like i'm like yeah he handed it to me but in the state of michigan they don't tell you how much it is it's illegal so they just give you a ticket and it says you have to call the courthouse and the courthouse decides what how much you have to pay and i was like do you have an idea of how much it is? He's like, legally, I can't tell you that, sir. And I was like, I'm like, I'm like, so anywhere between a hundred to $200 American. He's like, have a good day, sir. He's like, enjoy hail. I'm like, thanks. So he literally pulls away. I start flying again because I'm going to be late for this fucking festival. So I get there, I pull in, dude, if you guys have seen the new Borat movie where yeah. he goes to like all the festivals to fuck with the Trump fans, <laughs> this is what it was. Like it was, <laughs> dude it was a massive field you pulled in they had a line of the vintage cars and the guys standing with their corvettes up with the huge american flags and like their fucking daughter like holding like lemonade like it was like i was like literally i was in america i pull around back i get to the stage promoters like eric you're here and I get out and it's like a fucking bluegrass band going like, they can take our guns, they can take our wives, but they're never going to take our lives. Or like <laughs> whatever the fuck the song was, but it was like crazy. There's fucking, I can see the smoke bellowing from behind a trailer and the promoter goes, hey, we got you a trailer. And I go, oh, that's nice. You got me at my own trailer. Like, it's well, fire. Not, they're like, technically it's not your trailer it's steve's he lives in it but he wants to hang out with you today and i'm like okay and i'm like so they're like no but we set it up we got you some like food and water it's his personal trailer but he's a big comedy fan and he wanted to hang out with you so he's back there and i go let's go so i go over and meet himself the smoke was because he was he was smoking a brisket that he had found he found out that i was coming and put a brisket on like 20 hours before i got there and he was wearing a shirt that said, you can't beat Steve's meat, which was hilarious. <laughs> and he's like, hurt. find out. And he like had no teeth. He was half Mexican, half Native American. 
like he was just like he's like hey steve i'm like hey steve he's like heard you're coming put a brisket on for you i'm like this is awesome he's like you want some apple pie moonshine i'm like steve i just got here i gotta go on stage pal but i appreciate it. i'll have some shots of the after he's like all right all right all right so everyone in michigan is somehow fucked up everyone like everyone has either a cane or are on crutches or is missing an eye or is on oxygen like like in the states and i truly believe this there's a huge market in healthcare because it's not private or it's privatized it's not public health it's not free health so they convince people all across the states that they are sick like everyone around me was sick also it's still the pandemic. Nobody's wearing masks. People are working up fucking spitting everywhere, chewing tobacco. Like I am in the thick of this shit. So trust me, the story gets really good. It's already pretty great, but it gets really, it's detailed. <laughs> I, like I see, you guys, you, I see you guys checking out your phones. I'm, I'm, waiting, like, I'm, I'm, waiting, I'm losing them. I'm losing them. No, 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 no. We're not getting lost. Don't worry. So <laughs> the first show is fine. It's 1.30 in the afternoon. I do 20 minutes. It's great. Whatever. Second show, I go up and I come back and I'm I'm doing moonshine, drinking apple pie moonshine with fucking Steve, and he's feeding me brisket. Now all the townspeople want to come over and meet the celebrity comedian who came up to their festival from Canada, so they're all coming around and talking to me. And they were actually everyone was extremely nice. I will say that like everyone was like so hospitable. Can I get you a drink? Can I get you some brisket? You, you anything you need? I gotta get anything you need. And I'm like, no, no, I'm good. I'm just you know whatever. So I'm loosening up and I'm telling stories and we're shooting the shit and. And I go on and I do the 4.30 show and it's fucking awesome. Like people are into it. Like they, I'm crushing whatever. Again, I come off stage, I'm eating more brisket. I'm drinking more apple pie moonshine. It's fantastic. I'm having a great time. Um, and, uh, and then I get to the 7.30 show. Again, go up, crush, fantastic. Now I come off stage and I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm done for the night. I don't have to do anything else. <coughs> now is my focus to get my PCR test from Walgreens. So I come on stage, I go back to Steve's trailer and I pick up my phone and I call the local Walgreens and by local, I mean, it was like an hour away, but it was the closest one. And I go, uh, Hey, I need a PCR test. And they're like, we don't have any. And I was like, we as, as a location or we as a Walgreens. And they're like the entire state of Michigan, every location of Walgreens is sold out of PCR tests. And I was like, okay and i'm like so what do i do and the girl's like i don't know i'm not a doctor but if you need a pcr test i'm going to tell you it's going to be about at least a week before we get any so now i'm like i'm fucked i guess i live in michigan now in northern michigan with all these fucking hicks but and i guess steve's i'm fucked meat. and steve's me and i got well at least i got enough brisket so anyways i go to the promoter i go i'm fucked i think i think i'm fucked here they're sold out of pcr tests all across the state of michigan and she goes okay let me make some phone calls for you but now word has spread among this community that the celebrity canadian comedian is stranded in their town so now everyone wants to come and help so this guy i swear to god was like listen he's like i got a boat He's like, it's parked. In, <laughs> he goes, it's Real parked fast. in. He goes, it's parked in Port Huron. He goes, we're gonna get you in the boat. We're gonna lay you down. We're gonna put all the life jackets on top of you. Then we're gonna, because you can, you can drive to Canada in a boat. It's a river that connects the two, like the Michigan and, and Ontario. And he's like, we'll get you across the river. He's like, you may have to swim for a bit. You may have to swim for a bit. He's like, but we're gonna get you back to Canada. You're gonna be fine. I'm like, buddy, I got my car here. I go. He's like, don't worry about your car. Leave your car. Park it in my driveway. I'll get it washed. I'll take care of it. He's like, a couple weeks when this is all over, you fly down. I'll pick you up. I'll leave your car. You get your car. You go back. You don't even need a PCR test. And I'm like, I appreciate it, but I'm good. 
and and then there's people these people are like okay i guess you're staying here for a bit where are you staying and i go i'm staying at this place called the all gray inn and they're like oh don't stay there it's bed bug central there do not stay at the all gray inn and i go well that's where they put me up i go where would you suggest that i say it instead and the and the guy goes we're gonna put you up at the bearskin lodge and i go why is it called the bearskin lodge and he goes because there's a bear that lives in a cage in the parking lot and i was like no there is not and he's like yes there is I Google it. There was a legit fucking bear that lives in a cage in the parking lot at this inn, this lodge. And all the reviews are like, this is a fucking travesty to animal rights. These people are the biggest piece of shit I've ever seen. This bear is malnourished and tried to like growl at my daughter. Like it was fucking crazy. And I go, I think I'll take my chances at the Agre Inn. So now I text my buddy, Greg, the guy who was one of the owners of the Imperial City Brew House who works at the border. And I, I text him and I go, Greg, I'm fucked here. There's no PCR test. And he goes, dude, there's a, in Port Huron, which is on the other side of the Sarnia bridge in the States. He goes, Port Huron has a walk-in clinic called the Port Huron medical center. He goes, they don't advertise it. He goes, but we have people, that's where we send the people from the border. If they don't have a test, we send them to that walk-in. So they've got them. So you, you go there in the morning. He's like, you drive the two and a half hours back to Port Huron. You go to the walk-in clinic, you get your PCR test, you wait an hour and you can cross the bridge and come home to Canada. So I'm like, well, fuck now I have a plan. I'm great. This is great. So now I'm at the point in my night where I'm going, if I can't beat them, I might as well join, join them. So now I'm like, let's drink apple pie moonshine, you motherfuckers. I'm like, Steve, get that brisket out. So now the, the festival's ending for the day. They have some band playing. And like, we're having an official after party at Uncle Cracker's bar. Now, Uncle Cracker, the fucking musician, I leave you oh, wandering me. in the middle of night. And so he's from Northern Michigan and he owns a bar called like the lakeside bar or whatever in this town of Hale, michigan apparently it's like kid rock's favorite bar they filmed a music video at it and they're like we're going to uncle cracker's bar and i'm like okay cool i guess so before we leave this is the to these two connect before we leave to go to Uncle Cracker's bar, there's a guy at the festival. He has a hot dog cart, and his hot dog cart says Tim's What a Weenie. It's a bit, it's a caricature. It's a hot dog cart, so it's a caricature of him on the front and back of like him holding a hot dog, and it says Tim's What a Weenie. Hilarious shirt. And he goes, he goes, I'd like you to have one of my shirts and wear it back to Canada. I said, Tim, I'd love to wear your shirt. And I go, okay. So I was a little like cold because like, the sun had set, so I put the shirt on. Now I'm wearing this shirt. This is Tim's What a Weenie. Now the promoter's like, I'm going to meet us over at the Uncle Cracker's bar because I got my car. So I drive over to the fucking the Uncle Cracker's bar. I walk in. It's literally like someone's cottage. Like it's like a, it's a log cabin in the middle of the woods in Michigan on the lake. And it's Uncle Cracker owns this bar, apparently. So in the States, when you order a gin and soda, they don't just give you like a single ounce of gin and soda water. They give you like a mug full of gin and go like with soda. So I'm basically drinking a glass of gin and I'm standing there. This is a true story. This is all a true story, but this is the best part of one of the true story. One of the best parts of the true story. This woman comes up to me and she's like, hey, she's like, who the fuck is your boss? And I was like, what? <laughs> she's like, I'm like, Tony Danza? <laughs> she's like, no. She's like, who the fuck is your boss? And I go, I don't know what you're talking about. She goes, who's on your fucking t-shirt? And I go, I, I go, uh, Tim, what a weenie. I'm like, I was just at the live 65 comedy festival. He was there. He gave me this shirt. 
She's like, now, is that fucking Tim Patterson? And I go, I don't know. Does Tim Patterson own a hot dog cart? And she's like, if that's fucking Tim Patterson, he came in here a couple weeks ago, drunk as fuck, and he beat up one of the female wait staff here. And she's right there, and her husband's right there. And you coming in here, and you're wearing his face on a fucking T-shirt? And I was like, whoa. Because I know that Michigan is a concealed carry state, I think. Uh-huh. People have guns. So I'm like, no, 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 no. I go, I'm a comedian. I go, I, I'm, I was because the town is the town where the bar is and not in Hale. And I go, I'm performing in Hale. And she goes, why the fuck did you come to Hale? And I was like, the Live 65 Music and Comedy Festival. That's why. And the promoter is with me. So she she comes over and she runs over. She's like, what's going on? What's going on? And I go, they think that I'm friends with this guy. He beat up a woman here. Her husband wants to fucking kill me. And then, uh, then she goes, no, this is Eric Johnson. He's a Canadian comedian. She goes, yeah, right. No one from Canada can come into the States right now. And I go, I have a work permit. I got across. I'm like literally explaining to a group of people who want to kill me that I'm a Canadian comedian that no one's ever fucking heard of. And then the promoter's <laughs> like, no, this is the poster. Look, he's with us. He's from Canada. This, he's not. He, the guy gave him this fucking T-shirt. So then the girl gets all red and she gets embarrassed and she's like, I'm so sorry, sir. She's like, I want to get you some apple pie moonshine to smooth this over. (laughs) So I'm like, all right. So we fucking drink the apple pie moonshine. Now, I mean, I'm drinking, but I'm also driving. So I'm trying not to get too fucked up. And I I know I'm in the States and I already got pulled over once that day. So uh, I don't want to fuck around. So I, I see myself relatively early. It's like midnight and I have to drive back. I think the hotel that they've got me in is like around the corner because you would think anytime you get booked for a festival the hotel they put you in is the closest to the fucking festival it was a 47 minute drive away from where i was and i was like oh my god i'm like i'm gonna die okay here we go i'm like literally got apple pie moonshine on my fucking breath and i'm driving 45 minutes through the woods to this augre end anyways i check into the hotel if you're walking to a hotel lobby and there's nobody there there was literally nobody like there wasn't even anything but the desk and I like go and I like ding, ding the bell. Nobody comes out. It's like 1215. And, uh, and I, there's a little number that says, if no one here call this number. So I go, okay. So I call the number guys like, hello. And I'm like, Hey, checking in. He's like, we don't do check-ins after midnight. And he just fucking hung up the phone. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm sleeping in this fucking lobby. So I call back and I'm like, Hey, I'm like, I'm Eric Johnston. I'm the comedian from the Live 65 Comedy Festival. He's like, oh, yeah, we got a room for you. So he comes down, literally just hands me a key. Doesn't even tell me what number it is. I just start going and checking doors. And the one that the, I don't even know if it was the right one. I think the key worked for all the doors. I literally just picked a door, opened the door with the key. It opened. I walked in. It was literally the worst room I've ever stayed in. It was just a bed with a nightside table, a TV, a sink, a toilet, a shower. That's it. It was like a prison cell. It was a square. There was no, and the best is there's no, uh fucking fridge and steve gave me all of his fucking brisket leftover in ziploc bags so i'm like this is excellent brisket by the way i can't let it go away so what i did is i just cranked the air conditioner and just laid brisket atop across the whole top of all the fans now i'm in a a prison cell that smells like meat and i go to sleep (laughs) that's the that's the part of the festival i go to sleep I wake up the next morning. I've got a plan. I'm driving to Port Huron. Mm-hmm. I got the, I got the, uh, I know where I'm going. I'm going into the Port Huron walk-in clinic. They're going to give me a PCR test. So I got a plan. Great. I drive two and a half hours. I get there. I walk in. I go, Hey, I need a PCR test. She goes, we don't have any. And I go, okay. And I go, do you have, I go, 
do you know when you're going to get new? And they're like, oh, it's going to be at least a week. All of these, all of the walk-in clinics across Michigan are completely sold out of PCR tests. And I go, okay, well, again, I guess I fucking live in Michigan. So I text my buddy, Greg, at the border. I go, dude, I'm fucked. I go, I'm at the walk-in clinic right now. They don't have any. And he goes, hold on. He, Greg's working at the border right now as we, as, we, as we talk. So he goes, hold on, give me five minutes. He texts me back in five minutes. He's like, listen, he goes, I'm, at, I'm working at the border right now. We had a guy who just came through from the McLaren hospital. Go there. They must have him because he just came through five minutes ago. So I fire to the McLaren hospital. hospital. It's like 10 minutes down the road. I walk in and I'm like, hey, I'm like, I need a PCR test. They're like, okay, yeah, we got them. And I'm like, oh my God, it was the most excited I've ever been to put anything up my nose in my entire life. <laughs> and so I, I'm like, yes. So now they see why I'm clearly so excited. So now all like the nurses, the security guards, whatever, they're so like, they're inquisitive because this stranded Canadian comedian is in the lobby of this fucking hospital. Now I'm doing crowd work with everybody. I'm making them laugh. I'm like, I was laying brisket across my fucking hotel room fan. I'm like, I couldn't beat Steve's meat. I'm like, I was in uncle crackers bar. I'm literally telling everyone about what's happening. I'm like, some guy thought I beat up a waitress. And like everyone's laughing. Everyone's dying, whatever. And then they're like, okay, just sit over there. The doctor's going to come grab you. And, uh, and the doctor comes out and he goes, Hey, I heard you're a stranded Canadian comedian. And I go, yeah. He goes, where are you from? And I go, I'm from Hamilton. He goes, I'm from Sudbury. I go, fuck off. Yeah, like, I literally said, like, real Canadian answer. I'm in the middle of a hospital. I'm like, fuck off. He's like, yeah, come on in. So I literally go in. He's shooting the shit. He's like, how was the show? He's like, where were you? I was like, hail. He's like, well, the fuck did you go to hail? I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> so he literally gives me the PCR test and we're shooting the shit, whatever. And yeah. uh, now making everybody laugh. Like the nurses are coming in. They're literally calling in people. I'm doing, I'm doing a show in this fucking hospital. And, uh, mm -hmm. and I go, they take my thing that it was the first actual PCR. It was the first, any kind of COVID test. I got the entire pandemic. I avoided any contact with anyone, never had to get tested. So I didn't know what to expect. So he fucking hammered. It almost hit my brainstem. And, uh, he comes out, my eyes are watering. He's like, what are you crying? He's like, I thought you're from Hamilton. I'm like, I'm just, you guy hit me in the eyeball. Like, I'm just like, <laughs> like we're chirping each other. This is a fucking hospital. And then I go to him, I, he puts it in the vial. He goes, okay, we're going to send this to a lab. It's going to be like an hour, an hour and a half. And I go, Hey, Tell the people in the lab, I'll give them 20 bucks Canadian if they speed up the test. And he turns around and he goes, I don't think the people in the lab are going to care about 750 American. And so <laughs> them, everyone's laughing again. I go back out to the lobby and I'm sitting there and it's like, it was only like, dude, like a half hour, maybe 40 minutes. And he comes out and the doctor like come walks up to me and he goes, oh man. He goes, I guess you're staying in Michigan. And I go, why? And he goes, cause you're positive. I go, no, I'm not. He goes, nah, you're not. I'm fucking with you. He goes, have a good trip. He's like, you're negative. Have a good trip. And I'm like, oh my God, like this is a doctor. Fuck. Like that's how little they care about COVID down there. That yeah. they're like, oh, you're positive. <laughs> nah, I'm fucking with you. You're negative. <laughs> so I start dying laughing. I go, how much do I owe you? Because I know it's 200 bucks American. And he goes, don't worry. I took care of it. You're a good kid. You're a good kid. You made us all laugh. I took care of it. I go, oh my God, this doctor gave me a free fucking PCR test. So I walk out back out to my car and I've got the test over my hand. And like fucking uh breakfast club when he's walking through the thing the field like, yeah. yes. <laughs> like, i got it i'm going home 
So I'm putting all this on Instagram, like the whole experience. That's what some of the stuff you were, you were watching. Hmm. And, uh, and uh, so then I get to the border. It's only like a five minute drive to the border. And I'm like, I'm excited. I got all my paperwork. I'm like, I got my work permit. I got my vaccine record. I got my negative test. I got my passport. I'm ready to get back into Canada. And I pull up to the border and there's like three booths open, one car at each. Like the border's dead because no one could cross unless you have a work permit. So there's not a lot of people who have work permits. So it's pretty much fucking dead. And uh, I pull up to the one booth and it's nobody there. And this is like young, attractive border security agent, blonde hair with the fucking hat on, the vest. She's got the gun, whatever. And she's like, uh, where were you? I'm like, Hale. She's like, why'd you go to Hale? I'm like, fucking negative or fucking uh, Live 65 Festival. So I hand her the stuff and she's looking it over and she goes, oh, she goes, this is not the right test. And I go, yeah, no, it is. I go, I just, I just came from the McLaren hospital. She goes, it doesn't say anywhere on here that this is a PCR test. And I go, no, 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 no. I go, I go, Greg is a friend of mine. I go the guy from the Imperial city brew house. He also works here. I'm like, he's working right now. I go, he told me where to go. He told me to go to the McLaren hospital. I'm like, I'm still wearing the fucking wristband. I go, this is the right test. I go, I just left. And she goes, who? And I go, Greg, she goes, buddy. I've been working here for 10 years. I don't know any Greg. I don't know any Imperial City Brew House. I have no idea what you're talking about. And I'm like, okay, so I, I, now I'm doubting I'm saying his name wrong. I'm like, I'm like, Craig? I'm like, is it Craig? Is it Greg? What is it? And his name is actually Craig the whole time. I was saying Greg, but it's Craig. I go, Craig? And Craig? It, it, was, it was him. She goes, I don't know what you're talking about. She turns around and she's typing in her fucking computer and she goes, Eric Johnston. And she goes, uh, says here that you have a weapons charge. And I go, no, I don't. And she goes, yeah, you do. She goes, it says right here, Eric Johnston, weapons charge. It's flagged on my thing. And I go, no, no, no. My name's Eric Ronald Johnson. I'm like, type in Ronald, see what comes up. She Please. goes, Ron she goes, Ronald. And I go, yeah, it's my fucking grandfather's name. I've been avoiding <laughs> my entire life. She goes, listen. She goes, yeah, she goes, you have, you don't have the right test. Now I have to turn you over to public health and they're going to issue a $6,300 fine for having the wrong test. Oh. She goes, you don't, you have a weapons charge and now I have to turn you over to the RCMP. And I was like, no, no, no. I go, I go, some, something's wrong here. So like something is, this is, something is wrong. And she goes, you want some advice? And I go, yeah, okay, please tell me. I'm like, I, I'll do anything. I'll do anything. She put down her radio and she like leaned on her box and she goes, my advice to you, would be next time that you come to the Canadian border trying to name drop one of my border security agents, you bend down, you pick it up, and you put it back in your fucking pocket. She goes, Craig's over there waiting for you. He told me to fuck with you. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Craig radioed all of the people oh. working at the booths he was following my journey along as, as I was texting him, but he saw me leave the McLaren hospital because I put it on my Instagram. Because you're posting it, yeah. So I posted it. So he radioed everyone. He goes, listen, there's a comic in a black Kia Sorento coming through. His name's Eric Johnson. If he comes through, fuck with him. So she, I go, are you fucking kidding me? She starts killing herself laughing. She goes, he told us all to fuck with you. She goes, did I do a good job? And I go, you did a fucking fantastic job. Like she's like fucking pants. And she's, and we're like both laughing like crazy. And then she got like an official like thing from the board and wrote, uh, Craig, I fucked with him, exclamation mark. And I swear to God, true story. She goes, he's actually over in secondary. He's like waving to me. He's like, he wants to, he wants to say hi. 
And I go, oh my God. So she's like, I'm like, so I'm good. She's like, yeah, you're good. She's like, here's all your shit back, whatever. This is like a, this is a border security agent. This is a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Being like, go ahead. You're fine. You're fine. It's fine. So I swear to God, the difference between Canada and America, America, they're like, where are you going? Where's your PCR? Where's your fucking work permit? Where's this? Where's that? Where's that? I swear to God, Craig, he fucking sees me. I pull up, I roll down my windows and he puts his hand on my, on my door and he goes, welcome to Canada, fucker. He goes, I heard, I heard she fucked with you. And I go, she did. He goes, I told everybody to fuck with you. He goes, welcome home. And he goes, I said, I was following everything. He's like, how was the show? I'm like, it was awful. He's like, ah, oh, man, that's awesome. He's like, uh, then he goes, get home to your girlfriend who's way too fucking hot for you. Have a good trip, buddy. <laughs> he smacked the hood of my car and I drove home. So yeah, I've been working is what a long story. <laughs> <laughs> so that was worth the what net 500 bucks American that you Oh yeah. Well, well, I guess no you bad. didn't have to pay for the test though. So. so I didn't have to pay for the test. And then, but then I got home and I called the courthouse and I'm like, how much is this ticket? They're like 120 bucks American. And I'm like, fuck, I just paid it on my US MasterCard and just paid it off right away. But yeah, it was a, it was an interesting fucking trip. And then I went down to New York and now I know what to do. So now in New York, I, you can just get a PCR test anywhere because now all these, now the rules are, if you cross the border, you just have to get a PCR test on the way back. You can do whatever you want. So now all these businesses on the other side are just have a mass. I've been ordering them like crazy because so many Canadians are going across. So anyways, long story Mm -hmm. short, I can go and cross over now. It just costs me 200 bucks every time I do it. So it has to be kind of worth it to go with your time. So yeah. fuck me. That's a good story. Yeah. I, I, I tell people like, they're like, no way. I'm like, yeah, this is a hundred percent. I'm literally not like, I'm a, I'm a professional comedian and writer. I could not write that. I could not write that entire experience from the, the getting pulled over to the racist fucking people in Northern Michigan, to the festival, to the brisket, to uncle crackers bar, to Tim's what a weenie, to the shitty hotel room, to the fucking no PCR test, to the getting fucked with at the border and killing at the hospital, like making everybody laugh at the hospital. And I just got home and I was like, dude, that, can you imagine if I didn't, if I didn't know people like I'm by no means like, yeah. a but like the fact that I'm an entertainer, people love to, kind of communicate with me in that way like as soon as everyone in that hospital found out that i was a comedian stranded in the states they were literally coming out of their offices to come talk to me like like let's talk what is what's your like where you been like where you been touring where you what's your biggest show who are are your comedy influences i'm like this is a hospital people are dying around us and they're more concerned about what i've done in my history and stuff it was it's very interesting were the hospital staff wearing masks Yes, they were. And the, the, the only, the honestly, the only place you saw a mask was in any sort of medical thing. So like the walk-in clinic <laughs> or the hospital. And even they had them like bucket down on their chins and they didn't give a shit. That's fucked to me. And like, it's obvious that <clears throat> the world is just, like in the United States is just falling apart again. Like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, as it is here, I guess, but they, but they did from what I can see, the states have just kind of like no thank you to this whole thing. They're just yeah. like, no, we're fine. Back to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we're people are dying, but people die every day in the states. We actually have a population problem, so this is fine. Keep going. Yeah, it's they're, crazy. They're like injecting themselves with like horse dewormers. Oh yeah, like Invectorman or whatever the fuck it's Invectorman. called. Yeah, Joe that Rogan's telling them to Rogan. do it. Like that's nuts. Well, that's where Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is getting all his uh, information from, right? Actually, oh, that's what I mean, 
He's Joe cons- Rogan. If Joe Rogan is your is your uh, medical advisor, you've got a problem. <laughs> you, yeah, you have your Aaron Rodgers. You have access to copious amounts of money and resources to all kinds of healthcare, and you've got Joe Rogan walking you through how to inject yourself <laughs> with horse dewormer. I mean, fuck. People are concerned about what's in the vaccine, and and I would be more concerned about fucking horse dewormer putting. That I got in it your like body. six months ago. I'm fine. I'm going to go yeah, get the that, third one soon too. Like, yeah. I, like, here's the thing. I'm not, I, I have a new joke about this. How about, about how I've been successful because I stay in my lane. I don't talk about politics. Like you're not, you don't look at, you don't look at me and you're like, this guy knows a lot about politics and what's going on in the world. Like I just don't have that vibe. Cause I don't. And I don't remember learning about, you know, how the government works or anything like that. And that's kind of the premise of the joke. Um, but you know, I'm, I don't give a fuck in terms of I, I in the in the line I say like the line in the joke is like I don't care if you're vaccinated or unvaccinated, but the reality is I do care because the more people get vaccinated, the more we can get back to life, the more I can do shows, the more I can make money and make more I can make my dreams come true. So the reality is I do care. But I don't I'm so non-confrontational in everything in life. Whereas yeah. I go, you should get vaccinated. And people are like, fuck you, I'm never getting vaccinated. I don't care. I'm like, okay. No problem. Yeah, bye. Yeah, I don't. I'm not going to be like, wait a minute, let's talk this out. I go, maybe you're right. I didn't think about it that way. Sorry. And I just move on because I don't give a fuck. People are going to, the reality is in every aspect of life, people are going to just going to do what they're going to do. You can, like the old phrase of you can take a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. You can't make people do anything. You can suggest, you can recommend, you can highly. You can highly, again, suggest and recommend. You can also take away parts of their freedoms and stuff, which I understand why. I understand why both sides are mad. You know what I mean? I understand whatever. It's just, it's one of, so like I have, it's, there's two parts to this whole thing. What you just said is like, yeah, like I'm not going to get into it with someone about the vaccine. And you know what? Simply put, I ain't fucking smart enough. I will look like a complete joke if I get into an argument about why I, I just, I feel like I should. And it was the right thing to do. And I believe what I've read about how it's going to make me not die. That's, that's, that's my argument. Well, I just, I, I have an issue with their whole catchphrase is do your research. I've done your research, but it's funny. These guys who say this, I, I went to high school with them. You've never researched anything in your yeah, life. You're, you're a fucking fuck you idiot. Yeah. You're you in research probably Facebook. Like, okay, this is an example, and I can say this because some of my best friends, I have my of my kind of close circle of friends, maybe 10 guys, two of them are not vaccinated, and they're the two dumbest guys in our fucking group. They're literally the two dumbest guys I know are both not vaccinated. And I'm not gonna fight with them. I'm not gonna be like, you're a fucking idiot. They're like, I mean, I get what so what happened, what is what I was gonna do kind of with it, which was kind of my way of going about it, is I'm never the first guy in the room. You know what I mean? I, I always like to let people go yeah. in and kind of see how things were. And that was kind of my approach where I was like, well, let's let the first kind of wave of people get it. And then I'll see what kind of happens if anyone gets sick or whatever, and then I'll get it and whatever. But then my people from my US work promo was like, they I, we were having a conversation about re-upping for the next year. And I was like, yeah, I want to do it. And the person was like, hey, are you vaccinated? And I was like, no, they're like, well, you better get vaccinated because they'll refuse your work permit if you don't get vaccinated. I literally booked an appointment that day when it was something to take away from my career and my my literally my livelihood i went it's not worth the juice is not worth the squeeze yeah just get the fucking vaccine like i, I just i my the thing we don't have to i don't know how, we went from yeah we went from pcr test to vaccine talk obviously they're related but the one thing i will say 
what I've ex- what I've experienced, what I've noticed about this people who are anti-vaccine or for lack of a better phrase, conspiracy theorists or whatever they are. A lot of these guys, particularly, it's not a lot of women, to be honest, it's a lot of men. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are people that I find, and it's going to sound terrible, but they didn't really have an identity. They were people who were just finished high school, got a trade exactly or went to college and, and went, started work in their life, got married and that was it. And they didn't really have an identity. This being part of the anti-vax movement or anti-COVID whatever or conspiracy theorists, it gives them an identity because now they have a group of friends that share that they, they share this with, they share their ideas, they post on Facebook, all their friends like and agree with it and share it. And anyone that doesn't agree with them, they call them a hater and delete their comments or block them, whatever. So they, they get to control who is in their little world that they've created this identity and and what i don't agree with and i think a lot of people agree don't agree with is how they're comparing it to the holocaust we're like we're the people like the holocaust who stood up against this and i go this is not the same you know they're not putting millions of people if you were taking like hey anyone who's not vaccinated gets gassed i'd be like whoa whoa, whoa, what are you doing here let's back up for a second yeah 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 but it's just like there people will use uh, and i've been guilty of this in terms of positive things Sometimes I'll see an article with a good headline, like, okay, put it this way. This happened because it was COVID related. Golf courses were closed forever here. And I'm a big golfer. We know that. And, uh, and they closed them forever. And there was an article, like a fake article that says golf course is opening this weekend. I fucking shared the shit out of it. And I was like, yes. I'm like, Doug Ford, you're the man. I'm like, I just want to swing the fucking clubs. I just got a new set. Like, I'm so excited. And then if you clicked on the link, it was it was misinformation. It was not. The golf clubs were not. And it was an old article. And it was about how they should be opening and blah, 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 blah. And I thought to myself, wow, this is, this is what these fucking idiots do. They just read yeah. something that they think that they agree with and share the fuck out of it so they can get an audience. Then this, this audience of people, identity-less people, agree with it. And they're like, oh, my God, this is the best. We're all in this together. And I just find that, you know, I'm a big... As a comedian, my job is to question everything. And why is this like this? And why is this like this? Because you get to a root of why it's funny. That's my job. But I just, I don't, I, I'm also a guy like, just do what you're fucking told. Get, yeah. You want the vaccine? Is it make us going to go back to normal? Then fucking get the vaccine. I don't give a fuck. That's, a, that's as much research as I did on it. My, my biggest thing too is when you start taking your shit out on other people. So like I'm at the grocery store. This is last week or the week before. I'm at the grocery store and this guy is walking around without his mask on. And I just minded my own fucking business. But then he goes up to the the cashier and she's like, do you mind just putting your mask on? And he, they have like all those plexiglass. So he like taps on the plexiglass. He's like, what's this here for? He was like kind of calm about it. And she's like, oh, you know, like, it's just like different levels of protection, whatever. He fucking snaps. He starts banging on it. He's like, you don't feel safe with this here? Like, you don't feel safe with this here? And this girl is standing. She's standing there. She's like, I don't know, like 20 years old. Yeah. And so I was like, I said to him, like, just pay for your groceries and go home. Like, just shut the fuck up and leave. Like, and he just kind of like looks over his shoulder and he keeps yapping away. And I was like, you really don't need to be taking your shit out on the staff right now. Yeah. he just he wouldn't leave this girl alone and there was another one or two staff members standing around but they were like kids too like i, I you know i just i don't get into it with people oh that's and i, so I agree wrong. with you it's 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 never it's not 
You know, it's not the staff's problem. You know, no. it's not like the fucking poor 20-year-old girl make a minimum wage to pay for fucking whatever she has to pay for in her life. Doesn't need to have some fucking boomer right. get mad at her for what something that she and was that's, told that she had to do. And she kept yeah. saying too, she's like, I can go and get my manager if you want. And he's like, no, like I just, and he just kept going. And finally he left. As he's leaving, he turns around, he walks back towards me. He gets right up in my face. And this guy, I'm not kidding, like, I'm 6'2". He was maybe like 5'6", five, 5'7". Five, like he was nice. tiny. Small, small man syndrome. Right. He's looking up at me and he goes, and you mind your own fucking business next time. And I just burst out laughing. Like I yeah. just didn't even know what to say. To That's guy. what I do. I Often when people are going crazy, I think it's hilarious and I can't help but laugh. And See, I come from I come from the Sung Tzu art of war that if, you're, if your opponent has a, has a caloric attitude irritate them it makes me feel very happy to when someone's losing their mind if you laugh in someone's face while they're being it's crazy, so insulting it's so fucking insulting and i yeah. and i love it and that's i leave it at that i mean sometimes i end up getting fucking punched in the face which thankfully i haven't <laughs> people see that i'm like a bigger guy six one that's yeah jack they're like this guy knows how to fight and i'm like i have a competitive dance background uh so i don't know how to fight but i think i have this attitude this kind of like fake mafia mentality that i live in where i just kind of like calmly look at people and like don't fuck with me because no, i don't do it and, and that's don't. exactly what i did yeah like i yeah. wanted to li- i just literally wanted to like tap him on the top of the head but then i'm leaving <laughs> and i'm on the phone with erica because she'd been fucking phoning me like over and over because she was like you need to get this. You, like she wanted me to get oh, something yeah, yeah, else yeah. from the, the store. So yeah, I'm yeah, leaving yeah. and I call her back. I'm like, I'm sorry. I fucking just, this just happened. She's like, Blake, she's like, just, just come home, whatever. And then I snap. I was like, fuck you. You fucking, because this guy pulls up in his shitty ass little fucking rusted out car. And he's sitting in the aisle, like not even like in a parking spot. He's sitting in the aisle with his window rolled up just staring at me as i walk by and i go like this i'm like what like Uh, at this point i'm fucking pissed i'm like buddy you had you've been you were able to leave 10 minutes ago and you're still fucking sitting here you're like i will rock bottom you i will you have no yeah you have no idea like you're you're an infant you're the size of my thigh (laughs) like get the fuck out of here yeah i think what that's when i get mad over this pandemic is again i think People who already had some pre-existing mental health conditions oh, and yeah. problems, I think, and I'm not giving them an excuse because at the end of the day, you can have the excuse to be a fucking asshole or not in public to a teenager making minimum yeah. wage. But I think from what I can see, there was a lot of pre-existing mental health stuff that people weren't really confronted with because they were living in the rat race and in the wheel of every day, go to work, blah, 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 blah. And you take that away from them. You add death, you add despair, you add lack of money, you add people hoarding toilet paper, you have people acting out and people having a division between vax and anti-vax or pro or against, or, uh, you know, the, the political stuff that went on during the pandemic it kind of gave people the permission to go, I'm going to snap and it's going to be yeah. fucking great. And <laughs> I mean, I get the anger. Sometimes I get the reasoning. But it doesn't give the person an excuse to be a fucking cunt. So it's like, I can't, I can't see it. I can't listen to it. It drives me fucking nuts. And I just hope that when this is over and it's such a deep <clears throat> phrase, cause it feels like I hope that we're coming out the other side of this and with the vaccinations and stuff that it's just like people can really go you know that during that pandemic i was a real piece of shit and i should maybe seek some therapy about that (laughs) but they probably won't just continue on living their life and have they'll be the guy you know what one last thing on this i always love i always compare these anti-vax people and the pro conspiracy theory people to 
Remember when 2012 was happening and everyone's like, the end of the world's coming. 2012, let's <laughs> oh, go. The whole movie Azure about it. The Mayan calendar. And they did all this fucking research. And they're like, this is it. December 21st, 2020. Or sorry, 2012. This is it. We're going to make it happen. The world's ending. Get your fucking batteries. I remember there was guys in Hamilton who like legit believed that this was going to be a thing. They were on the news. There was there was 2012 uh, end of the world protests, end of the world parties, hoarding batteries, all this kind of shit. And then on December 21st, 2012, guess what? Nothing happened. You got and up, I wonder you took if a I, dump, you had your coffee. Yeah, and I wonder if those people just sat there and went, fuck, I'm an fuck. idiot. Oh, <laughs> God, I'm a fucking idiot. And I, w- I hope that when this pandemic's over, they go, God, I was such an idiot about that shit. Or maybe they'll be right, and, this, and, uh, and these vaccines are fucking killing us all. We're silently. all going to grow Who tails. And, well, I see. But it's like one of those things, too, like one of my good friends, he, he won't. Kaminsky, Andrew Kaminsky, he's been on this podcast. He won't get vaccinated, but he uh, he he keeps it to himself. Like he texted me, he's in Ecuador right now. He just travels, and yeah. he texted me the other night, and he's like, "You'd get a fucking kick out of this guy that I'm with, that I met at the bar. He's like some American, and he's like, they're gonna kill off six billion people, and da 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 da. No, he's like, this is the fucking problem. This is why I get labeled like a piece of shit because I don't want to get vaccinated." it's people like this that are the problem. And I was like, yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. Like you're lumped in with this guy. Well, exactly. I mean, my sister, my sister waited to get vaccinated because she's got auto autoimmune problems. She's got a compromised autoimmune system. So she's diabetic and she's celiac. And the doctor's like, you have some triggers of lupus and you have this and that you basically are autoimmune compromised. So even the doctor was like, "Mm, maybe wait on this vaccine. So my sister did wait. But then the, even the doctor was like, listen, there's a mandate that we can't write even, we can't even write medical exemptions right now. So unless you want to wait it out for a year, um, maybe get a vaccine and see how you feel. Like that's is what a doctor said. Like if you want to go back to somewhat normal, maybe get vaccinated, get the first one. If nothing crazy happens, then get the second one and we'll monitor you from there. This is what yeah. doctors are being forced to tell people. And it, it, my, the point is my sister did end up getting it and thank God nothing happened to her as we know of right now. She's, she feels better than ever actually. Um, but she was looped in with the I'm not vaccinated people. Yeah. She was looped in with the crazy conspiracy people just because medically she couldn't get it. So but it's like it, these, it's the, some of the stuff too is like, like I have someone like that on my Facebook. She got the first vaccine and she's actually one of the people that had massive, massive complications from it. Mm-hmm. So her, her doctor actually said, you could die if you get the second one, please don't go get the second one. Yeah. So now she's not double vaccinated, but she's putting on Facebook and I get it. She's like, I'm not telling you don't go get vaccinated, but I'm asking you, please don't leave us behind. Like I can't get double vaccinated. I feel like I'm being left behind. And there's like certain exemptions that she still can't get because she's not double vaccinated and stuff like that. So she's like, she's like right in the middle. She's like, you have to be kind to people that aren't vaccinated because you don't know why they're not vaccinated. Yeah. Yeah. But if fucking Timmy with Timmy from high school is yelling at me with a monster energy drink in his hand. Oh yeah. I'm probably going to tell him to fuck off. And I, and I, and it's funny because that feeling of being left behind, because there is kind of this slight, elitist feeling of being the ones who are vaccinated because like the other like i was going to the tie cat game on friday and they're like vaccination record i'm like here you go like yeah. i'm like i've got it come on yeah. and the cats got fucking killed and we got pissed rain on it ellie was... and i were trying to decide if we should bring that up or not, oh let's but... bring it up i'll fucking talk about it but <laughs> no but like there is this like i go to the gym and you need to be vaccinated and the gym is 
way better now. There's less fucking douchebags walking around. There's more <laughs> less lifted trucks in the driveway. Yeah, lit weights available. It's fantastic. You go into a movie theater, it's dead. It's yeah. fantastic. It's almost like you know people are like, well, they're there to divide us. I'm like, yeah. So the vaccinated people get better experiences than you. You fucking losers. Yeah. I get to do whatever the fuck I want, and you have to stay home because you are an idiot, for lack of a better phrase, because you believe a certain way, and. Whatever. Bill Burr said it best. He's like, if the government was trying to kill us, they wouldn't be trying to kill the ones that are following us. The people yeah, that are yeah, getting yeah. the vaccines are the people that are fucking listening to the government. Why would we try to be killing those ones off? Exactly. Why would you? Why? Yeah. The the government all they want is for you to just blindly agree with just them. Listen. So yeah. if anything, we're the ones. I mean, if anything the people who aren't vaccinated are just killing themselves off anyways we got on a deep rabbit hole here about vaccines and shit i mean i don't as here's the thing generally i don't like to have an opinion because we've really talked about covid as in depth on this yet so yeah we're not but i mean for me for me as a comedian as an entertainer it's called the Johnny Carson effect. You stay right down the middle of the aisle. Johnny Carson, yeah. you didn't know who you didn't know who Johnny Carson voted for. You didn't know who Johnny Carson. You knew who he fucked. Apparently, a lot of hot blondes, but <laughs> you didn't know you didn't know anything about his bedroom. You didn't know anything about his life. You just knew that every night Johnny Carson had a great night late night talk show, and that's it. And so, as an entertainer, my job is to stay right down the middle and comment on both sides and and find out, discover, and talk about what's funny about both sides. Yeah. That's my job. So when people ask me about like, so what do you think about vaccines? Go, I don't know. I got them. If you don't want to get it, I don't give a fuck because I just, I cannot have an opinion. I mean, we're in an open space here, whatever. I'm happy to talk about it, but generally in the public people are like, what do you, what's your opinion on this? And I go, this is, a, this is a very useful tactic. If you get cornered, someone looking for opinion. So someone, so what's your opinion on this? You can just say, I can comfortably say that I'm not educated enough on it enough to make an opinion. And they go, Oh, oh okay. God cool yeah yeah yeah. and then they just go okay thanks move on and we move on because i go i don't i know i'm not educated enough on both sides i'm sorry i go i've just been too busy with work you know i haven't i haven't done the research yeah, and yeah. the the, the anti-vaxxers are like well i guess well you haven't done the research i mean you could you should i mean i can tell you the back of the research and then people who are pro or whatever i go that's respectable yeah for sure here's, I appreciate a, that. here's a link to a facebook article you can yeah. read and learn all about it but yeah go fuck yourself i that's that's the one thing that's been annoying me the most is is the uh is the doctors oh yeah well again i just given the the non-visual medium that we're in right now that when this comes out i did the old air quotes that uh, (laughs) (laughs) that that like to know everything about everything and and they they only post what suits them but they think their shit's credible it's like elliot like that argument that i won't name names but like the person that we worked with um (laughs) at where previously at a business i'm not saying anything about current employers the i'm saying like she she uh she posted that article and it was this this article from a doctor and the, the first line was like a plea from a doctor and i was like i was and i kept reading and it was like just very like anti-vaccine anti-whatever and then and, and the first it started a plea from sorry it was a plea from an anonymous doctor and it was this big oh, yeah. long thing about how <laughs> oh i can't i can't say who i am because i fear for my job and i fear for my life and blah 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 all this shit this big long article and then it signed dr fucking so and so and i'm like i commented and i was like 
the anonymous doctor that's naming themselves at the end of the article that I also Googled that doesn't exist because you should must be able been, to Google a doctor. Must have been Dr. Nick. <laughs> yeah. Hi, <laughs> everybody. Hi, everybody. You got the honor degree from Hollywood North Medical College, too? Uh, yeah, that was a good one, Aaron. It's about time you said something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there he is. <laughs> hey. Uh, <laughs> you just stand here and look jacked. Uh, your <laughs> tattoos look jacked. Um, yeah. No, yeah. I, listen, I, I think, what was I going to say about this shit? It's like, I, I just, oh, this is what I was going to say. You're talking about doctors. You know, Dr. Kevorkian didn't get in trouble <laughs> for killing people until he started talking about it. Before, he would just kill people, assisted suicide. He killed thousands of people, never said a word, never said a word. Police never came, never got in trouble. Then he decided to say, I deserve the right to kill people. And the, the police went, okay, well, now we have to arrest you. So, no, you um, yeah. so now you've been murdering thousands of people. So now we have a problem because you spoke out about it. I feel like for both sides, people need to be more like old school jack of working and just shut the fuck up yeah. and do what you're gonna do and don't judge people for what they're gonna do you know Kavorkian killed thousands of people before he went to jail you know what i mean but he finally spoke up and had this big opinion about how he has the right to murder and then he went to jail so shut the fuck up again i don't care if you're vaccinated i mean i care because it helps me go back to my work but if you truly believe i shouldn't get this then good don't get it shut the fuck up you won't be able to eat in a restaurant for at least a year that's all i'm going to say to you shut the fuck yeah. up and move on so where's yeah, your yeah. next show <laughs> <laughs> so where do we go from here how long have we been doing this episode i remember our we're first one was three hours yeah we're about an we're about an hour deep but mm. uh what um <laughs> aaron you've been working on you've been working a lot haven't you on music and such yeah yeah the album came out on friday so is that yeah, is that a full i haven't listened to i've listened nope. to a couple songs fucking sick okay. um, EP, EP it's eps right yeah there's three eps it's part one of three and uh it's been fantastic hearing the feedback and it's everything we expected and the other six songs will be coming out over the next six months so the last ep should be out around easter time in april and and enjoying every bit of it. I'm going to do some videos soon for a lot of the stuff that, uh, and some Q&A as well. I'm going to start a YouTube channel for it, uh, my friend Adam and I, and really go into depth of our lyrics, our, our themes, our inspirations for the projects, how we met, how we plan on uh, evolving the sound and, and going from there. But it's, it's been great. Nice. Are you when you too, figure uh, out the YouTube channel thing, can you tell Blake how to do it so he can do this on YouTube? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Is this still not a video portion of the podcast or what? Just you There's take highlight time. clips and that's it. There's I can't even put our weekly audio out on time. You think I got yeah, time YouTube. to upload 38 fucking YouTube videos? Well, good thing I didn't do my hair. Um well no, Aaron, that little clip I saw was like a little bit like a rap rock kind of thing. Is that part yeah. of the YouTube I'm into video? it? Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, like that's it. that's it. Thanks. Yeah. What's really uh, so this yeah. this guy that you're doing this music with? Are you uh, are you guys gonna do some shit moving moving forward? Like, is this yeah? Be, the New uh, Year live uh, do shows and the, the irony uh, irony I guess the, uh, the being inventive real creative part about it is we'll do it in traditional hip hop fashion. Like he'll be scratching scratch DJ as well, so he'll own all that. Yeah, but he's also in uh, in a punk pop uh, punk rock I should say band. And we want to incorporate that into 
the sounds they'll be rapping literally rap rock like what eric was mentioning it has got that feel like fred durst that's it let's go Oh, you oh love this shit right here. L I M P biscuit is right here. Yeah. That was great. You did yeah. it again. Uh, <laughs> we just lost 15 listeners. Minimum. Yeah, well, now you're down to negative Not, 14. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Elliot, your face is way too close to the camera. Yeah. What Sorry. do you, uh, are you, uh, do you want to do a little another movie game, Elliot, like last time? Or what? <laughs> <laughs> we haven't done one in a worst. while. Yeah. Oh. We, uh, you know, what we should do is uh, we haven't done a top 10 in a while and uh, we should do that. And then we should uh, finish up here. Top but, 10 worst places to get a PCR test in Michigan. I'll go first. My choice is hail. <laughs> Eric, are you Fun. a big NFL guy? Here's the thing. I've always been around football, but I'm you guys, come on. I'm a competitive dancer, theater actor, yeah, actor, yeah. comedian. So I'm not like a I'm not like a um, I'm not a fantasy. I know you guys do the fantasy shit. I don't know the names of the running backs. I don't know, like I don't know who's getting drafted. I don't know where they're right. coming from. I don't watch college, but I will tell you, I've always been a Buffalo Bills fan. Just had a that makes sense. Of, I just had a geographical convenience. I can get to a game yeah. in 50 minutes. So, yeah, you know, I mean, awesome. when, when I don't need a PCR test across the border. Um, <laughs> I had a geographical convenience. I was always, I always interested in the Bills. My dad had a beef with, uh, with Jim Kelly in the 90s, a wrestling beef with Jim Kelly. So we were always pseudo Bills fans because of my, my dad. It was unreal. It was a wrestling beef. There was an event yeah. in the event in Buffalo and, and Jim Kelly came to the match and my nice. dad called him out and they got each other's faces and whatever. That's awesome. Yeah. So we yeah. were always like pseudo kind of uh, bill bills fans in the house. And then I'll tell you over the pandemic, the only thing that was, that was live sports was the NFL. Cause the NFL was completely unaffected. They're like, we make billions of dollars a year. We're still going to play we're games good. and sell the TV yeah. rates. So the only yeah. live sport was football. So I got really into over the last two years. Like I watch every fucking game. I mean, I'm on, I'm not watching the Chiefs game right now because we're doing this fucking stupid podcast. But uh, <laughs> just kidding. Thanks uh, for your um, time. <laughs> no, but uh, I, I I really like I've watched I watch every fucking Bills game. I call myself a Bills fan. I can't wait to go down there and watch it. But uh, yeah, I I mean, I, other than the Bills had a day today you know, the star players, I couldn't tell you who's playing yeah. far right tackle, but I mean, I do enjoy watching the games. You know, is that close? 50 minutes. I so is that the top 10? Yeah. 50. I can be, I can be, I can be in Orchard Park and yeah, just over an hour with parking. So, well, so that's, my top that's 10, one, that's one place I, I'd love to go to actually see a game just because of the shit show that is. Oh, Bill's Mafia. Yeah. It's Bill's crazy. Ten. You go like when you like, go, you got to go at like 7 a.m. for a one o'clock game just to get yeah. experience yeah. the fucking craziness. Yeah. What I was gonna do is a top. T- I have a top ten. It's all NFL players, though. But well, what okay. I want to do instead is change it up and put you on the spot. Okay. Top your top ten, and this this isn't again all like best of all time. Your top ten most influential comedians. Oh, that's a good one. Um. Okay. Well, it's funny because uh, I. I like old school comedy. Like, like I'd say my top two are like, like Rodney Dangerfield and Don Rickles. Like that style of, like nothing makes me laugh more than Rickles 
or Dangerfield on Carson or any other stand-up specials or roast or anything. Um, so those are like that's like my the two first two on my Mount Rushmore. Russell Peters is the reason why I started doing comedy. Like watching Russell's comedy now special in like two thousand and and fucking two literally was like made me realize oh my god this is what stand-up comedy is and this is something that i want to do so obviously when it came down to me opening for russell and kind of becoming buddies with him it's like oh my god i can't believe i'm even friends with this guy i can't believe i have his number in my phone like this guy is the reason why i started he and uh he was he was like that for me too because i love comedy too and he and dane cook those two yeah just like that like early to mid 2000s era where you get like all the little youtube clips and i'm watching like dane mm-hmm. cook specials on youtube and shit like that and you get like even just audio clips of them like yeah it's kind of yeah, you like say russell russell peters, circle, yeah like russell yeah. peters for me and dan, and my next pick was going to be dane cook yeah dane cook like the the harmful of swallowed cd on myspace mm-hmm. i used to listen to all the fucking time and then the vicious Cir- circle dvd my mom bought for me for christmas when i was like 15 and i used to watch it all the fucking time and like just I would cry laughing at Dane Cook yeah. and also his physical style of doing comedy. Now you guys haven't mm-hmm. seen me actually do my hour or well, Aaron has, but uh, you guys haven't seen me do my, my hour in its full entirety. Like he just sucks a little bit of the clips with the charity thing or whatever, but I'm very much that style high energy fucking storyteller with accents and yelling and dancing and whatever. So I put my whole body into my into my act. So it's like again, it's like my Mount Rushmore. If that there's four on Mount Rushmore, is like Rickles, yeah. Angerfield, Russell, and Dane. Those are my four. And then if you go into five, Sebastian Maniscalco, I fucking love. I had the opportunity to open for him. He's a big Italian comic, LA guy. He's hilarious. Hilarious. He's probably one of if those who don't know him, check him out. Probably one of the funniest guys in the fucking world. Um, that's five. And then it's funny because I like a lot of the darker guys, even though I'm not very dark on stage at all. Like I like uh, like Big J Okerson, I fucking love Andrew Schultz, I love yeah. uh, Joey Diaz, I fucking yeah. love. Joey and, Diaz is a legend. You know, Joey Joey Diaz's ability to tell a story while being raunchy is very commendable. Like that man is one of the best storytellers I've ever come across in my so life. Vulgar, and but so vulgar, but so brutally honest. And, and that's what I love about him. So now I'm already at like eight, you know, I like what Bert's doing with Bert Kreischer's doing with the culture and, and same with Tom Segura. They're kind of these middle-aged guys who kind of dads, they're like dads, but also rock stars. It's a very interesting thing that these guys have done because they were not done in comedy. They've been around for a long time, but they found a way through the podcasts and through the social media and through the stuff to become extremely cool guys for, you know, classically not a cool looking or sounding person, but everyone fucking loves Burke Kreischer and Tom Segura and people like Bobby Lee and, and Bobby uh, Lee, I love Andrew Santino, love all those Bobby guys Lee. who does the, do they all have a podcast? I think Theo Vaughn is fantastic. Uh, and again, he thrives not only live, but on his podcast, you know, there's a lot of guys I watch or I'll just, I will just, if I'm doing anything, if I'm doing any work, I'll just throw their podcast on. And it's usually something that it was the church of what's happening now, which was Joey Diaz's, which he did for years, doesn't do anymore. Or, um, or your mom's house or bad friends or all this stuff. I'm tiger like belly. tiger belly. I just throw it on. And I just find myself just drawn to it, killing myself laughing. Yeah. 
because I respect comedy. I respect comedians as much as I'm very much an Eric Johnston fan because I have to believe in myself to make it. I, 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 I value and appreciate everything that all these big guys are doing. I go, it's so fucking smart. And I tried to duplicate and replicate a lot of their careers. So I think I made it to 11 on that list. Uh, but yeah, like Rickles and Dangerfield, Dane Cook, Russell Peters, fucking some of the bluer guys, Joey Diaz, J, Big J Okerson. And then I love Theo Vaughn and it, the list goes on. So it's, the, it's a big list. Dane, the Dane Cook one to go back to him for a second. He got, uh, he's got a fucking story. That guy got absolutely fucking rocked by his, his, bro- his brother. His stole, brother stole, yeah, brother stole like $8 million from him. It was embezzled. almost 10 million bucks yeah. or something like that. He embezzled yeah. from him. And people, and people get mad at Dane because he had a little bit of a nervous breakdown after. And obviously he was also he was, an asshole too. Like I think he had a yeah. reputation for being the rock yeah. star. Yeah. Yeah. No, of course. But I mean, I've listened to him talk about that kind of after he was out of it. And at the time there was no one like him. There was no, there was no, and he describes it in a podcast. There was no blueprint on how to be that famous that quickly. He went from literally like a Boston comic moved to LA. He was running an open mic on sunset Boulevard. And then literally because of MySpace, he hit and became fucking famous to no one would even appreciate how fucking famous that guy was he could literally go anywhere in the world and sell it an arena in those early 2000s he was probably he was he was the most famous comedian out there for he, he sure. was easily he was and the highest he grossing one liver we went to see him in grossing. vegas when when yeah. we were there once a bunch of years back and it was it was insanely packed and so many people waiting to get in and then yeah it was yeah, like here's the thing. I, I I've been through a lot in life, and and uh, as we've talked about previously on this show, and and just from you guys knowing me, I've gone through a lot. I feel like I'm very grounded. I feel like I'm very mature. Sometimes my ego gets the best of me when I'm really trying to get something done or not be. The biggest thing is I hate being taken advantage of. So when I, someone's trying to take advantage of me or my talents or my time, my ego gets very fucking inflated. Like, who should. the fuck do you think? Yeah. Who the it fuck should, do you think though. you're trying to fuck with me? Yeah. So I, I, I do have a little bit of that in me that I've been working through, but I don't know how I would, fe- how I would handle, hopefully it would be the best. And I really do hope it is the best, but I don't know how I would handle positively walking into any city in the world and know that there's, 30,000 people waiting to hear me speak. That's got a fucking, that's got a, there's no weak people in the, at the top. No. no weak mentally, physically people have made it to the top. Yeah. So my question these, is going to oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, get it. I was just going to say yeah. when these people, when they, when these people tumble, you kind of understand why, you know what I mean? There's always a reason. A they don't just come out of nowhere and become crazy. Go ahead. Yeah. Aaron. I'm sorry. Is there any plans to move to LA or New York? Yeah. Yes. And no. And I've talked about this. So, okay. I think the first place I would go out of anywhere is Chicago. I have yeah, a you've whole, got a fan base there. Dude, I have a whole second career that lives in Chicago. Yeah. Like I've never done a bad show in Chicago. I'm passed by all the top comedy comedy clubs in Chicago. I've got friends there. I got some of the top comics in Chicago being like, yo, fucking move here. What are you doing? Because Chicago is literally the second city. That's where it came from. It's a very highly respected comedian's town. Like when people found out that I was there, like civilians, if I was out for a drink or whatever, and I found out, I mean, I told them that I was there doing comedy. It was like, I was, I was, I was seen as this, like the bluesmen and the jazzmen and the fucking com- comedians are the kings of that town. So any, anywhere I went, 
oh my they're like what are you doing in town for i'm like well i'm doing seven sold out shows at the laugh factory they're like pull up a stool let's drink like it was yeah. very they respected it they loved it whatever i think i would go chicago first okay. uh, before anything new york i love but new york is extremely fucking hard to get even noticed and same with LA and I've already done some big shows in LA and I've got some big friends in LA and God knows what would happen. Hopefully the absolute best things would happen if I went down there, but kind of what happens with most Canadian comics. And it's a terrible thing. It's happened to some friends of mine and they can, you know, I can talk to them about it. I've talked to them about it before. The comic will get some heat on them in Canada. They'll get a JFL. They'll get a big Winnipeg taping. They'll have a, a couple TV and movie roles or whatever within Canada. They get a show on the CBC or whatever. They do this, they do that. And they go down to LA and they're like, guys, I'm here. One of the biggest comics in Canada. I'm down in LA. And they go, okay, get in line. There's yeah. 6,000 of you here. Like then you get shuffled back into the open mic system. You make zero money doing open mic comedy. You hopefully get noticed to start doing some weekend gigs that pay like 50 bucks a show. You're literally living in LA, which is one of the most expensive places to live in the world. You have to work a job that you can't do legally. So you have to get paid under the table doing wait staff or fucking whatever. Um, you literally run out of money and you move home with your tail between your legs. That's it. It's happened. LA has chewed and spit out so many of my friends and I've watched it happen. And I they go, I'm going to LA. And I go, good luck. You're not like, you know, in Canada, I make a living off. Yeah. I, I, like, I literally, I pay for my car. I pay for my car insurance, gas and gas is like a fucking buck 50 these days. Um, it's, you know, my cell phone, whatever I contribute around the house. I, I you know, buying condos, like living buying, in buying condos. Exactly. Um, getting, pulling out of condos, but <laughs> Um, got a lot to think. <laughs> trying to trap my girlfriend with a child. Never mind. Um, yeah, <laughs> she's the one with the money. Uh, no, but like, you know, I, it, it, I make as much, and I don't like to talk about money in relation to comedy, but I make as much money in Canada as if I worked in the trades. But I'm a comedian. Yeah. And in LA, I would make nothing, nothing. Yeah. So almost, I, I, I kind of want to wait, but not too long. I want to I want to go to LA kind of undeniable. I want to get there and I want someone to like someone like a Russell or whatever to be go, "Oh my god, Eric's here finally, whatever." And I'm going to introduce him to anyone who's going to help make it happen for him because he deserves it. He's worked his fucking ass off and he's undeniably funny and undeniably professional. So let's give him a shot. You know, no. I'm not going to just go down to LA as another open micer. So the answer is yes and no. Yes, I would like to move to the States. It'll probably be Chicago first. I'll probably get big heat in Chicago because I always do when I go down there. And then I'll either go to New York, LA and just hope for the best. But honestly, I think to the, about this a lot myself. It's like, I have this idea of people. I, I think I've talked about it on the show before and people go, you know, what's your goal? And I say, my goal is to be the biggest comic in the world. Yeah, you have to goal. think. Yeah. You have to think that way because if you think any yeah. less, you'll get less. So yeah. I'm still on this biggest comic in the world shit, but I'm always, I, again, and I don't know if I've said it on the show, but one of my famous quotes that I go to is shoot for the moon. If you miss you land among the stars, I'm still going to go for this moon, this biggest comic in the world. But if I miss, it's still going to be okay. I'm still going to yeah. be very successful, be able to pay for my home and my children's lives and my, you know, give my wife and children and, and my, myself, anything I've ever wanted just based on comedy doesn't mean I'm the biggest comic in the world. It just means that I made it. 
you know, because yeah, my fulfilled. definition of my definition of making it is every day. Five years ago, my addition, my 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 thought of what making was is just not having another job. I haven't had another job in five years. So technically, in my five year ago, my five year ago mind, I've already made it. Yeah. So it's like just constantly just doing fucking shows and just getting noticed and just and put it this way, you know, we can close on this. Uh, it takes fifteen years to make an overnight success in yeah. comedy. And I'm 11 years in and I've been enjoying every step of the ride. And I don't, I, I don't care where it goes. I'm going to know that I wake up an old man someday and go, you know, I really fucking tried. You know, I yeah. really took a swing. I, and mm -hmm. if, I, if I hit the home run, great. If I don't, I'll get some great fucking, you know, ground rule doubles or whatever the fuck Morse, sports talk yeah. that is. Yeah. <laughs> no, when you're, no, when you're a superstar, don't forget about the uh, – three schmoes from Winnipeg. <laughs> i do i love i feel like and i said this before and i've said this to blake since then and talking to you ellie and, and you aaron as well i feel like we did one podcast it was great we all became buddies and then it was like you guys were like i was joking around like when am i coming back on the show and they're like boom let's book it let's shoot the shit we're all talking whatever we're just old friends who can just talk you know and i yeah. think that's the best part of a podcast because on other podcasts i do a lot of bullshitting <clears throat> and i do a lot of talking and i do a lot of you know, I wanted to tell the story about Michigan, but I do a lot of like storytelling and like kind of not just hanging out. Like on this podcast, I feel like we're just hanging out. And I think that's an important vibe that you guys have set. And I think it's going to make this podcast successful. So I'm very proud of you still, even though much, not much production value has changed on this show. <laughs> I got a microphone. Hey, you got you a know, nice it's, mic. It's, uh, it's, it is the, what you said though. It's kind of, it's kind of interesting though. Cause that is, that is how this podcast started was like Aaron and I sitting around chirping at each other. And then me telling Elliot that we were going to do this and him being like, yeah, I'll join. I'm like, I didn't fucking invite you, but that's just sort of the whole vibe <laughs> that we've kept going. It's like, you. Right. Like, it's just, you know, do we have tens of thousands of listeners? Fuck no. And I don't really give a flying fuck right now. Like, yeah. this is just like, I'm just, we're having like Elliot, you and I were talking about this a couple weekends ago on our way home from golf. And I was like, you still having fun? And you're like, yep. Are you? I'm like, yep. Then let's just fucking, and Aaron, you've, you used made a comment about it a couple of weeks ago, how you were talking to somebody about how you do it. And you're like, you know, just having a ton of fun with it. So it was like, you know, why the fuck would we stop? Like, uh, you know, I'm yeah, not doing course. it for an income right now. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And also the number one way to be successful in anything you do, but especially in podcasts, is just don't stop. No. You know, the Rolling Stones still exist because they never broke up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mick Jagger also will never die. So yeah, exactly. Other people will die. Just not <laughs> everyone else. Or yeah. fucking. So any any chance of 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 you swinging through Winnipeg at any well, point? Well, so yeah, that's year. that's the hope. So I was just talking to. I now have a manager, and I don't, I'm not going to shit on the guy. He's a great guy, but I still do a lot of my own bookings. Put it that way. He's a great guy. We have a lot of great plans, but I'm still. 99% of my shows I book myself, but I did have a call with him uh, recently and he's, he's in Edmonton. So he wants me to do a whole Western Canada swing. Nice. And I said, if I'm going to be out there for at least a month, I might as well just fucking drive. I'm going to get killed renting cars. Yeah. I might yeah. as well just drive out, spend the fucking shitty drive, but I'll stop. I'll do shows along the way to get out West. So say he books me, you know, 20 shows in April in March, I'll do, you know, starting at the first day of the last week of March, I'll do like Sudbury, North Bay, Thunder Bay, Winnipeg, 
somewhere in Saskatchewan and then start the Western run. You don't need to go to Saskatchewan. You just go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I got to go through it. And actually my shows in Saskatchewan were some of the best shows of my last tour. I was (laughs) sold out, packed. Aaron, don't get all nice (laughs) audiences, nice people. I forgot that you're from that way. Yeah, Yeah. There's nothing else to do there though. That's why they get excited. Well, exactly. It's easy easy to sell out when you're the only thing happening in town. It is, it's it ain't no Johnny G's though. Mm-mm. Oh yeah. yeah, Johnny G's. I hope you come back well, here this way, like next yeah. year when the golf courses are open. So that's what I'm saying. Now, I, if I go in the springtime, I just throw my clubs in the car as well as my merch and my fucking everything else. So I live ten minutes from two nice golf courses. Oh, let's go. Yeah. Well, I like to go into Winnipeg for like at least a week and book some actual shit. Like you know, do a weekend. Go play rumors, man. Like rumors. Yeah. Are, Rumors is a great place. I just think I think actually Winnipeg does have a great comedy scene. I think it's an we underappreciated. We do. We actually do. It's definitely underappreciated because some of the biggest comics coming out right now are from Winnipeg. You know, we had that, that um, Paul guy, Paul, um, the native chubbier native guy. He's from Winnipeg, and and uh, I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, he just got his own show on CBC. He just yeah. did a huge taping. Like some of the funniest people coming out. Uh, are from Winnipeg, you know that um, that Benji Rothman guy I was telling you about last time. He's a fucking yeah. killer. He's from Winnipeg. There's a lot, a lot of good stuff coming out of Winnipeg. So yeah, Emmanuel, the, we had Eman on our on our show here. He's a Winnipeg comic. I actually went to high school with him as well. He's mm-hmm. a fucking funny guy, and he plays rumors. He was in the paper the other day. They did an article about him. Um, he's kind of an upper up and coming up and comer too. Like yeah, like they, I mean, you go to rumors, and it's it's a it's a very standard have you ever been there before are you is that time no. that you were here the only time you've ever been to winnipeg yeah 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 <laughs> and so i then, did and i did johnny g's <laughs> yeah johnny g's yeah this is in i met aaron so that's right? good that was the rumors is in uh, a little bit nicer area of the city it's yeah right dead smack in the wealthiest part of winnipeg nice. a little less um, murdery a little yeah. less rapey murdery yeah like it's uh, <laughs> the vibes are a little different but it's yeah it's just like a basement room and it's yeah it's yeah so the thing about rumors is uh they give a lot of like i mean i'm at the point in my career where i could headline that place i mean i headline everywhere else in the world tom green i think was there last time he was here yeah and it's like it's one of those places that it's like i could headline i have the ability to headline i headline everywhere else in north america but that club is very tv credit heavy they only bring in guys who have a cbc credit ctv credit whatever yeah and um and, a lot man you're good well, trust me i've tried <laughs> to mention it um and it's not that again it's not my ability's not there because i believe that my ability's there it's just i just don't have the big big tv credits that they're looking for yeah. so then you go okay well that's fine i can feature for the weekend and feature just means you're just doing 20 minutes and they pay you you know kind of less um but the rule at rumors is they don't put up their features and so because they usually give it to a local. They'll give it to a, you know, that Paul right. guy or your buddy or Benji Rothman or whatever. And they go, why would we put a pay for a hotel for you if we can just get one of these local guys to do it? And they're great. So yeah. you end up spending money. First of all, you got to get to Winnipeg. So whether you drive or fly, uh, right. it's going to cost quite a bit of money. And you got to get there. You got to put yourself up. By the end, you just end up breaking even. And I go, so I killed a weekend of stuff I could be doing elsewhere, making actual money to break even in Winnipeg. It doesn't really make sense right now. So if it was earlier in my career and I'm like, oh my God, I just want to work rumors. I'll go take the hit and go to rumors for the weekend. Then yeah, 
of course. But until they want, they're like, oh my God, Eric, we need you to come headline for a week here. I go, okay. But until then, I'm 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 fine. They'll, so. And they <clears throat> they do that. Like I'm looking, I'm actually looking at their schedule right now. Um, <clears throat> they do have guys out for their people out for full weeks, but it's yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, if you can go to like fuck you're gonna get just as many and many people in front of you at a johnny g's and they're gonna be half half cut and fucking bouncing off the walls well what i would do if and actually what i would do and it would involve the three of you is i would rent a small theater or venue space and just run my own show and yeah we use the word and use the promoter i'd even call into the radio hey i'm eric johnson coming in from hamilton ontario coming on to do a a show at the art gallery or whatever the fuck it is and then I sell 200 tickets myself. I keep the door. The venue keeps the bar. It makes sense. You know what park I mean? So, that would be the, yeah. that would be the place to do it. Park theater would be good. Park, yeah. park theater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the way I would look at doing it. Coming back to Winnipeg, but you know, because it's just I, see, I can do that in Ontario. Like I'm doing that yeah. again. I, I'll I'll plug it right now. Perfect thing. I'm too, so there's a there's a so there's a place called the Zoetic Theater here in Hamilton. It has 300 mm-hmm. seats. I'm doing a show called Eric Johnson home for Christmas on December 10th. I'm renting the theater. I'm selling the tickets. I don't know if I'll sell all 300, but I'll sell at least two and I'll make my money, pay my venue for the rental fee. And that's it. That's my show. So I don't, I don't necessarily need anybody like what, like someone like Russell Peters. If Russell Peters wants to perform at cops Coliseum, he rents cops. cops well, Coliseum. Joe Coy talks about that. Like how that was a big, like that's really how he got started was, he was flat fucking broke sleeping in his car, raising just enough money to rent out theaters to yeah. put on his own shows. Exactly. And you need a certain amount of, you know, clout and following and social media reach. But I feel like I've gotten that, you know, I'm not, yeah. I don't have an, I don't have enough social media to sell out a 25,000 person arena. I'm not saying that, but some of these 100, 200 person cap, little small studio theaters, I could sell that in any town. I, I'm selling that in, I, I think I'm, I the show that I'm doing in Timmins in a couple months isn't even announced yet officially and it's already half sold out. Yeah. So it's like things are kind of like that can happen, especially for me in Ontario. But, you know, it's it's just more of a risk. Like the small town tour I did where I met where I met Aaron, a lot of the shows were self-produced, self-promoted. It was like, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to be in Swift Current, Saskatchewan. Who can we talk to? And this guy's like, well, the guy at the Boston Pizza is a comedy fan. Next thing you know, I sell 120 tickets to the bar side of a Boston pizza right. in fucking Swift Currents. So it's like, you know, I don't necessarily need anybody. I don't need a promoter. Yeah. I'm my own promoter. I'm my own graphic designer. I'm my own booker. I'm my own agent. So no. it, again, when I talk like that, it sounds very egotistical. It's like, no, no. Is what I do. It's just what it's just like. We're very pro tire pumping around here. So. Yeah. Well, let's pump yeah. the fucking tires. Yeah. But I mean, I, I have to be cautious of the way I say things sometimes because it makes people think that, like, if I were, if you were to just take an excerpt of what I've said, you yeah. would just say Eric Johnson says he doesn't need anybody! Exclamation yeah, yeah. mark. That but, sounds negative, but it's like right. no, I've proven that you. I'm my own gatekeeper. I, I open the gate and I come in and I put on a show and I make my money and I leave and I make a living. So I don't need you to open the gate for me. Some yeah, things yeah. I do like just for laughs and stuff. There's a scout and a talent booker and an, an agent and stuff. There's that gets Winnipeg you on the, comedy festival too. That's what I mean. But Winnipeg, yeah. they're all, they're all, they actually have actual gatekeepers. There's scouts and program directors who say, you can't get on this festival unless I open this door for you. And you go, Hey, I really like you. And I want to be friends with you. And I'm going to fucking suck your dick so I can be close to you. So I can get you on this festival. A lot Just of shit like that goes on. Me to fuck. <laughs> exactly. There's a lot of that that goes on. And unfortunately I don't subscribe to a lot of, 
of it. That's why I haven't done any major festivals. Uh, but, you know, I've worked my ass off to do some of the, the smaller festivals. But it's just, again, it's just I'm proving, continuously proving that if you just show up, it'll be fine. If you show up, you do the work, you sell the show, you book the show, you promote the show, you perform well at the show. Those people tell friends you're creating your own hype that you have to live up to. And I can like, you know, last night I did a show at this place called the experience studio. It's a smaller place in Hamilton. The cap in the room is only 25. That's fine. I still made hundred percent of the door. It's sold out in like 25 minutes. I had nothing to worry about. I show up, I set up the speaker. I go on, I do 25 minutes. I take hundred percent of the door. We have some drinks. We have some food. I go the fuck home. Like it's, it's just like a, it's just a Friday, Saturday night for me. So it's just, I think people, yeah. comics, I would implore that they just look at it that way. They, they always go, well, I can't do that because I got to wait for this guy to come. And, you know, yeah, but those are the guys that fucking flop though. Like, you well, they took, do. And then that's, and they wonder sick. why they didn't work. Yeah. You took shit into your own hands and you're like, no, I'm going to fucking be a comedian and this is how I'm going to do it. And it's going to be the way I want to do it. Well, the reality is you have to you have to be successful. You have to be funny. Yeah, you can't take chances like that and fucking rent out a theater and go up there and bomb for an hour because yeah. the theater will go. Thanks for the opportunity. You're never coming back here again. Yes. So you have to fucking kill, which I believe that I do. But um, you know, it's just it's a high risk, high reward situation. You take a lot of risk. You put a lot of it into your own hands, especially when you're booking your own shows, promoting your own shows. But you you get it, you you do well, it's a higher reward. You make money, your name your is your star brand. rises. Exactly. Right? Everything is Eric Johnston. Everything yeah. that I do is Eric Johnson presents, Eric Johnson this, Eric Johnson that. And it's funny, I don't even really like the name Eric, <laughs> but it's my fucking name. And I got I, I thought about changing it, but it's it's my identity. What I'm gonna change my identity. It's just not a very comedy name. Like Eric Johnson. I sound like a linebacker for the Broncos, like coming in a tight end, Eric Johnston, somebody from Denver, Colorado. Like it's it's not a comedy <laughs> name, but I'm not going to change it. But I mean, I believe in it. I present it. Eric Johnston presents this show. Fucking come to it and have a laugh. And that's, mm-hmm. that's the way I leave it. And how you incorporated the bullwhip into your name, into the graphics? So well, that's what it. I mean. I, 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 I am my history. I am my story. And people who know yeah. that, like you spot that, Aaron, you think that's really cool. I put a bullwhip, bullwhip as the O in my name. People go, oh, his dad's name is Bullwhip Johnson. He's a professional wrestler. It's really cool that he did. It's a little slight tip of the hat, homage to his dad. And yeah. then I find other people who are like, what's with the whip? Are you into like BDSM shit? And I'm like, no, 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 no. yeah, but also, yeah, one stone on that one. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm in love now, but back in the day, yeah, for sure. But yeah, you knew that. Before we go, I just um, wanted to mention when you post, uh, I think it was in June or May when you went down for uh, your first story uh, of this evening. Um, and uh, I saw that you on their Instagram stories, you posted, the vids but and you were playing bad boys by inner circle when you got pulled over oh that's right yeah. said i'm in hail michigan and seriously i said to myself why is he in hail michigan <laughs> <laughs> and Aaron so adding it to all. That okay, everybody's and we all come full circle here all back, baby yeah that <laughs> was in uh, august but yeah you're right i got back i got pulled over and i was like fuck yeah but at least that's the thing i what tell you gonna do and there's photo and video evidence to go with the entire story so you know i'm not yeah. completely full of shit all right mm-hmm amazing well that's awesome cool. aaron killed it at that exit go ahead elliot yeah, thank, yeah thanks for <laughs> hanging out with I feel us like there's there's nothing else there's nothing else to do at this point this is uh this has been a great fun conversation yes. again as as always uh third time on uh for you and i can only assume there'll be more uh yeah, as we proceed along Anytime we're you guys we're closing talk, in answer 
we're closing in on a year boys uh we're not too far away from from doing this for a year Uh, yeah and we're only 10 away from 50 episodes too wow there you are there if you, you upload those it. soon, you'll have, we'll have them done. There you go. We'll have those by <laughs> next summer. Yeah. Um, have them by two year mark, 10 more episodes. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Again, I'll say uh, sorry to Jay and Jan. We're not going to get your episode out this week. And uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't think I had the heart to tell them that it might not come out because by the time it comes out, uh, McGregor oh, Poirier is going to be on their fourth fight, and uh, we're going to have to it's, record another one. We recorded uh, an episode with two of our buddies. Oh God, July. Well, whenever McGregor, McGregor yeah. and Poirier fought last, uh-huh. and some, it, I don't remember why, but it just didn't, just never came out. So <laughs> it's a lost tape. It's promoted as yeah. a lost tape episode. Exactly. Here's talk, here talking well, about current affairs that are no longer current. That's yeah. that's the that's why we can't just put it out though. Like we were like, well, we could just throw it out there if there's like a week we can't record or something. No, like we have like a fucking 45 minute conversation about the McGregor Poirier fight that happened in July. Like, Imagine yeah. if he's like, I hope no one breaks their ankle on that thing. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> whoops. <laughs> whoops, a daisy. Yeah. Well, what we'll what we'll do is we'll we'll get him to come on again, and then we won't release that episode either. So there you go. Be, <laughs> fucking like, with him. Like what you do with Jimmy Kimmel when he says, "Sorry to Matt Damon not having you on the episode tonight." And that's, <laughs> yeah. And that's exactly what I brought up. I think a couple weeks ago when we were when we were recording one time. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's going to be it. But I don't want to keep it for much longer. I know it's getting Thank late you. for you. It's getting late oh, for yeah, me. I've been off yeah, for a week. Nice. I got to go to work tomorrow, and uh, deal with. 8 billion emails i'm sure so there we go uh thank you again to eric thanks eric aaron thanks for coming in and doing a quick gun show for us Uh, yeah baby and blake uh yeah this has been another episode it was nice watching you try to hide your cold sore for an entire episode that we're not using any of the video of Uh, (laughs) (laughs) i've got so i've got my work my work stuff set up at home now so I've got a full TV screen that I've been looking at you guys at the whole time and my little laptop over here. Oh, um, that's why. I was like, yeah, why so Eric turning away? Elliot's, uh, Elliot's head is extra big and shiny. Nice. Oh, it's too clean. Yeah. All right. I'll see you on episode 51 yeah. or something. 52. Yeah. We'll come back to this. <laughs> Thanks, Eric. Sounds, sounds like a plan. We'll see you next time. See you, boys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, 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 oh,